Adam Wainwright's bid for 199 falls short again, but this time it wasn't his fault as the Cardinals fall to an unthinkable 20 games under 500. Wow. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio and the podcast, also available on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals. We want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. Uh, Make sure that you like and subscribe and comment. That way you're interacting with us on there. Hit the notification button so you know when the new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On. You'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Adam Wainwright. His starts have become, uh, I mean, at this point of the season, kind of like must-see TV for us Cardinals fans because, uh, you know, like Forrest Gump said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Same could be said about uh, an Adam Wainwright start these days. We don't know what's going to happen. A lot of the times, it has not been very good. Uh, the ERA at 8.10 for, is there for a reason because – he gets hit pretty hard this year. Hitters are batting 359 against him. He's given up 132 hits and 16 home runs, all in just 83rd and the third innings. Okay. He's one of the worst pitchers in baseball this year, if not the worst statistically. Uh, the stat line is gruesome, like something out of a horror film or when you play MLB the show on the rookie level to rack up your stats and you just crush people over and over and over. Um, and when you take those stats, And then you bring them into last night's game when you see names like Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, and others coming to town. Let's just say the odds weren't great that Adam Wainwright was going to have a good game last night. But never know what you're going to get. Speaking of Tatis Jr., before we uh, move on, how about the cleats last night? That was cool, right? In case you didn't see him, uh, showed a little love to his father, Fernando Tatis Sr., former Cardinal. Uh, the cleats were all dedicated to the night back in 19, uh, what was that, 99, when he hit the two grand slams off Chan Ho Park in the same inning, which was crazy. Probably never, ever, ever going to happen again. I thought that was pretty neat. So shout out to you, Tatis Jr. Um, but on Monday, Adam pitched quite well. Adam Wainwright pitched quite well last night, and you got to give him some credit. Like, uh, I thought he was really, really good. I was impressed with it. Um, one of his best starts of the season, six innings, eight hits, just one run, used the curveball a whole lot more, even said that, uh, in the post game press conference, uh, was like, yeah, you know, I did, I did, it was spinning pretty good. So that's why I used it. Uh, and when runners did get on last night, he was able to wiggle out of trouble, much to the delight of those who actually attended the game. Attendance announced at just under 36,000, but let's be honest, there were not 36,000 people there to watch that game. Uh, Wayno did his best to keep the Padres hitters off balance. And for six innings, he went toe to toe with San Diego's ace, Blake Snell. And early on, it was Snell who was actually 
bobbing and weaving out of trouble. Uh, a couple of walks in that first inning made things pretty stressful for the former Cy Young Award winner, but ends up getting out of it. Fast forward to the fourth inning where the Cardinals had another golden opportunity to do some damage. Goldie singles, Contreras and Gorman each walk, loading the bases with one out for Andrew Kisner. And once again, the bases loaded struggles. Just it's unbelievable how bad they are. Um, they've been well documented all season. We've talked about it, but it just keeps happening over and over and over. That continued uh, last night, despite getting ahead 3-0 and in the count. Kisner strikes out. Like he's up 3-0 with the bases loaded and he can't put the ball in place. Snell comes back, strikes him out, and then he just chews up and spits out Jordan Walker. Card strand him loaded. On the season, the Cardinals are dead last in the major leagues with a 176 batting average with the bases loaded, with ducks on the pond, as we like to call it. Uh, they've got 108 official at-bats with them loaded, which is sixth in the league, and have just 19 hits which is the second lowest amount in the league. They've struck out 33 times with the bases loaded, which is the sixth most in the league, and have only brought in 57 runners, fourth worst in Major League Baseball. And I don't know why they're so terrible when the bases are juiced. I I, I can't explain it. I, I've noticed people dumping on Paul Goldschmidt this year a lot, like, oh, he's so not clutch, man. Yeah, he's good when nobody's on, blah, blah. He's hitting 300 with the bases loaded, has seven RBIs, which leads the club. Man, it's pretty clutch. Arnato at 286, five RBIs. New Bar hitting 333. Donovan was at 250. But after that, everybody else is terrible. All below 200 with the bases loaded. Edmund, 182. Gorman, 167 with six strikeouts. Contreras, Kisner, O'Neill, all at 143. Jordan Walker, one for 10. That's a 100 batting average with three strikeouts. Burleson and Carlson, both 0 for. They don't have a hit. They're a combined 0 for 10 with the bases loaded this year. And again, I don't get it. The pressure is on the pitcher in those situations. Like he's got to throw strikes. He can't walk a guy in. That's, you know, taboo. You just don't let it happen. Unless I think Barry Bonds is up. And I think that happened once where the bases were loaded and he was up and they intentionally walked him because they didn't want to face him. But um, all the hitter really has to do in that situation is kind of be patient and just hit the ball which is apparently very tough for this team in those situations. I, I don't know why. Your strike zone should shrink in those situations. You don't have to chase or anything unless you get to an 0-2 count or something. So I, I don't – I can't explain it. I can't explain it. Uh, but that moment gets wasted, and then Snell locks in after that. He allows just one more walk, no hits, before he leaves in the eighth inning. The offense gets a solo shot by Goldie in the eighth to cut the lead to 2-1, to one, which also snapped uh, the streak of 22 consecutive scoreless innings over their last three games. Uh, Jacob Barnes comes in, gives up two more in the ninth inning. Your final score is four to one. The loss was their sixth in their last seven games. It drops the Cardinals to 20 games below 500 for the first time since the final week of the really bad 1995 season. And I'll tell you what, over the last couple of days, uh, Snell and Aaron Nola certainly have passed the audition to be on the Cardinals next year. Uh, both are set to hit free agency. Both will be very expensive. But there will be three holes, according to John Mosellock, to fill next year in the starting rotation. And if at least one of them, at least one of them came to St. Louis, I think fan base would be thrilled. Now, the question is, who would you rather have? All right. That, that's the real question. Like, if we're going to play this fantasy game where the Cardinals are going to get one or the other, either Snell or Nola, who would you like them to get? I want to know uh, your opinions on that in the comments section below. We'll use that uh, for a future show. But you can't 
you got to pick one. You have to pick one. Can't have both. So um, both of them have very good qualities of why you would want them in your rotation. Uh, different traits that make them attractive. Blake Snell, already a Cy Young Award winner, left-handed, which is always nice. Uh, and despite the Padres not playing all that well this year, he's now 11-9. and He's got a league-leading 2.60 ERA. 193 strikeouts behind only Spencer Strider and Kevin Gossman in Major League Baseball in that category. Uh, opponents are hitting just 192 against him, second lowest behind Shohei Otani. I mean, he's been really, really good this year. Meanwhile, the right-hander, Nola, is having, again, a down year for him because he's usually been much better than this numbers-wise. He's still got a 12-8 and record, 4.30 uh, ERA and 175 punchies, which is 11th in the league. So he's doing well there. Uh, Cy Young votes in three different seasons, but hasn't won one. But he's been very consistent over his career. So uh, one down year, maybe that drives down the price a little bit. I don't know. Pitching's always in demand. It's always going to be expensive now. So, of course, I would like both of them <laughs> to be in the rotation next year. But if you can only have one, that's the game here. Who are you taking? That's what I want to hear from you in the comments, or you can hit me up on Twitter. Let me know. Uh, I asked a question on yesterday's podcast. Is this the worst Cardinals team that you have ever seen? Because <laughs> we've got some fans who uh, have been around a lot longer than other ones. But if you're like a younger Cardinals fan, you've never seen this kind of struggle. Uh, is this the worst team you've ever seen in the car? You know, as far as Cardinals go, I uh, got some reactions to that question and more coming up next on Locked on Cardinals. If you want a chance to win more money with less picks, then swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you can win up to 100 times your money. Head to Sleeper, the number one sports app, where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. On Sleeper, you can swing for the fences with up to 100 times payouts, and all you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and select more or less on their stack categories. All your favorite ones are available. We're talking home runs, which we know uh, the Cardinals like to hit those. They don't like to hit much else, but they like to hit home runs. Uh, you can go on the other side of things. You want to go with pitchers and go with strikeouts? You can do it that way as well. Um, plenty of stat categories available. Get your picks right. You could win big. Uh, again, the Cardinals will face the Padres tonight. And like I said yesterday, might be a good time to bet on <laughs> somebody else. Not necessarily on the Cardinals, but bet against them so you can make some money. I mean, the, the hitting woes are... Are, are are horrible right now. And Seth Lugo is going to be on the mound. He's pitched pretty well his last two times out. Oh, maybe throw a little money on there. Uh, try to win big. That's the idea. Dynamic payouts are live. Uh, they come with more stack categories to place contests on. You can get higher payouts uh, with Sleeper than other apps with less picks. So uh, swing for the fences on Sleeper picks, and you can win up to 100 times your money. Use promo code locked on and you get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. As I mentioned, the Cardinals are back home against the Padres, and you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM map. Just search Cardinals. Thank you again for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Uh, encourage the comments. Uh, always love interacting with you. Uh, you can do that on YouTube in the comments section, of course, on Twitter. Uh, I like to tweet during games with you guys, and uh, we go back and forth. Sometimes it's good stuff. Sometimes it's bad stuff, but 
it's always welcome and encouraged. We love feedback here. So uh, let's go through some of the comments that we got from yesterday's show. Uh, first one, actually, this first one is talking about last night's game. And I wanted to mention this because uh, it was something that I pointed out. Fright22 says, shout out to Willie Contreras, diving headfirst into first base tonight to try to spark something. Glad I tuned in to watch that part of the game at least. And uh, yeah, that was, that was awesome. I, again, I tweeted about it last night. Um, you know, uh, what does that say about Wilson Contreras, right? About his character and his, his will to win, even when the season is in the toilet, you know, this game meant nothing to the Cardinals. They're just trying to get through the rest of the season. They want to see what their young players look like. They want the veterans to, I don't know, continue to work at things, I, I guess. And this man, who just signed his big free agent deal this year, dives headfirst into first base to try to get on base last night. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's the kind of fire that we like to see around St. Louis. And if you're going to lose, and I think a lot of people agree with me on this, if you're going to lose, at least show the effort that you're still trying to win. And that is what Wilson Contreras showed right there. Uh, it's been an unfortunate season for year one as a Cardinal for Contreras with you know all the catching stuff because hitting and just effort-wise, the dude has been top-notch. He's been exactly what they wanted. The season really went south in my eyes when first you had that Tyler O'Neill hustle play where he got thrown at home plate against Atlanta, and then the moving Contreras to the outfield stuff popped up. And then it just, the season just tanked to me after that. That, that was just, that was right off the bat, too. It was horrible. So um, on the year, though, remember the idea was when you signed Wilson Contreras, the idea was to upgrade your offensive side of the catcher position. That's exactly what he did. He's now sixth in Major League Baseball in batting among catchers at 251. Oddly, his brother with the Brewers is number one at 279. He's sixth in home runs, seventh in RBIs, fourth in OBP, seventh in slugging, fifth in OPS. He is exactly what the Cardinals paid for. Like That's what they wanted from him was to be an offensive catcher, and that's what he's done. Unfortunately, his defensive shortcomings and whatever the heck was going on with the calling pitches earlier in the year where something was up. I, I don't, I never got to the bottom of it. We never not got like the exact answer of what it was. That was all kept in the clubhouse, but you heard the rumors that he, he was calling pitches from guys who didn't even throw those particular pitches. That was a rumor that was, I, I don't know, but unfortunately that's the stuff he'll be remembered for and not the offensive things they brought to the table this year. And I think that's a shame because I love Wilson Contreras' attitude and his demeanor on the field. The dude will fight and play through injuries. He gets hit with a bat and is bleeding off his forehead. He's like, no, nah, I want to stay in the game. And they're like, dude, you're concussed. Let's get you out of here. But he wasn't concussed. But, it, you know, they wanted to take it easy with him there. He's had the, the hip issue going on this year. Um, I, I just hope next year his play behind the plate and relationship with the pitchers, whoever they bring in, improves enough to where this team can thrive again with him actually behind the plate because that's where he's going to be. You're not paying this money for a DH, who is a really good hitter as a catcher, but as a DH, somebody who should be you know way up there, not as much. But as a catcher, very good offensive catcher. So I hope that I did. That's what I hope for for next year that. Everything that went wrong this year, they can fix it and communicate better and uh, be on the same page when 2024 starts. Uh, Gordon Callbreath says, I'm almost 66 and remember going to many Cardinals 
ball games as a kid. I've seen the downtimes of the 70s, but I cannot recall ever being this disappointed as I am this season. What concerns me is I don't believe the people in charge will change their approach. Bottom line, I try to watch games and usually can't get past the third inning. All right. Well, thank you, Gordon. Appreciate you chiming in there. I would have loved to seen like the old good Cardinals teams like back in the day of the 40s and 50s and ah, that would have been awesome like you watch video footage of them it's just not the same but um disappointment is definitely a, a great way to describe what has happened uh this season and how the fan base feels about it because at least like in years like 1995 we keep going back because that's the last time they were this horrible but uh, you know 95 joe torrey gets canned you look at the roster and you're eh, you can see why they were horrible like they, they just did not have that much talent on that team. And then they decided to spend some money. They brought in LaRusa and he brought in guys and things got turned around pretty quick. Um, but you look at this year's roster and, you know, people outside of St. Louis are still perplexed as to what the hell happened here. Like, how does a team that has this many good players on their roster be this bad? How is it happening? And as far as changing their approach, um, I don't I don't think they have a choice. Like, you can't stick with what you did going into this year. First off, everyone is miserable. Like, you can look at Ali or Mo, and you can't say that they don't look like they're miserable and that they seem fine with everything that has happened and that it's all just like a one bad luck season. They're like, oh, we're just going to scrap this one, but we're going to keep doing what we do. The Cardinals screwed up. They screwed up. They overestimated what they had. They trusted their own guys, and it backfired, plain and simple. I think they underestimated the impact of the shift rule changes, their whole pitch-to-contact approach that has worked so well for them over the years was a catastrophic failure this season. And when they did hit it to people, the defense, for some reason, whatever those reasons may be, well below what we're used to in St. Louis, because that's something you could normally count on was that, hey – we're going to play good defense, good fundamental baseball, and that has not happened this year. Uh, they have an outfield full of dudes who can't stay on the field. They weren't prepared depth-wise to handle all three of them. I'm talking about O'Neill, Newt, and Carlson going down as much as they have this year. And it just kind of snowballed out on them in that first month, and they never recovered. They've made a, a lot of mistakes, questionable uh, roster moves. Like it, It's just been a mess. So they, they just can't try to run this back with the same mentality as they had coming into the season. They've learned that that the hard way by what we're seeing on the field, what you're seeing in attendance around uh, around uh, Ballpark Village. Like, nobody's down there anymore. Like, it's a ghost town. So uh, the real question is, how will they decide to fix it all? Specifically, the rotation in Bolton, who, in my eyes, need like five or six new arms. They need the three new starters. And I continue to think that they'll sign two and trade for one. The bullpen's going to need fresh arms. No Hicks, no Stratton. Verhagen's likely gone after this season. The question is, will Mo make the right decisions on who he brings in? Because his track record for signing free agent pitchers, that has not been the greatest. So um, we'll see if he can get it right. I don't know. I don't know if he can. I mean, I have my doubts, but he's going to get a shot at it. Uh, Jeff B says, I just don't see how they go into next season with the same manager and staff. I think their next manager should be someone who's played the game and has succeeded doing so. Knowing what it takes to play season after season at this level, it's a true motivator, especially with all this young talent coming up. 
All right. Well, thanks, Jeff. And normally I would agree with you on this type of scenario. I mean, I've said it repeatedly that this team hasn't looked right all season, whether clubhouse leadership, managerial leadership, coaching issues, whatever it may be. And I I keep saying I, I haven't seen it look like this on the field since Mike Matheny got fired. Remember, he was here the season he got fired. They had a winning record, but they were not playing Cardinal baseball. Like it was just ugly day in and day out. And I continue to tell you that Ali isn't likely going anywhere. But if you don't want to take my word for it, why don't we go to somebody who covers the Cardinals on a daily basis as well? Her name is Katie Wu at The Athletic. Did a Q&A the other day. They do these uh, Q&As every week. And she gets bombarded with the same questions I do about fire Ollie, fire Dusty Blake, get rid of them all. This is terrible. Molina should be the manager. Okendo should be all of the things that you've normally heard. So she got that question again. And this is what Katie's response was verbatim at The Athletic. It won't be the most popular answer with the fan base, but I don't anticipate any changes to Cardinals leadership. Mosellock's future is the most clear. He signed a two-year contract extension in February, which will take his tenure through 2025, and principal owner Bill DeWitt Jr. has already pledged Mosellock will finish that term. Gersh, whose contract is good through 2024, likely isn't going anywhere either, though both he and Mosellock surely are already feeling mounting pressure to build a competitive club for next year. Marmol's contract also expires after 2024 season. It's unlikely the Cardinals would cut ties with the second-year manager at this time. Sure, an underperformance of this magnitude should yield consequences, but the general consensus within the organization is that the blame doesn't or shouldn't fall squarely on the coaching staff. Marmol hasn't lost the clubhouse. He still has the support of his veteran players and the support of his bosses in the front office. I don't know how to make it any more clear to you <laughs> that Ali Marvel is probably not going to be replaced this offseason. She points it out there. 2024 is when his contract's up, okay? And then you don't have to fire anybody. And then you can just whoosh, move on to whatever you want to do. Now, I've seen people make comments where they're like, you know what we should do is bring all these guys with the red jackets back and make them all managers and coaches. And I don't know, maybe it would work. <laughs> maybe you bring back Yachty and let him be the manager and let Matt Holiday be your hitting coach and bring in Adam Wainwright after he retires to be your pitching coach and just like have them all in there to teach these guys how to do it the Cardinal way and to win the Cardinal way. Maybe that's a cool idea that could happen. I don't know if these guys would all be interested in doing that, but it's fun to think about. All right. Appreciate all your comments. Keep them coming. Uh, we're going to do injury updates on Ryan Helsley and Lars Nupar next on Locked on Cardinals. The Cardinals are back at Bush tonight. They'll battle the Padres. You can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. So let's start with Lars Newbar, who has been out since August 16th after he fouled the ball off of his. I know, guys, growing. Oh, so painful. Um, but he has regressed to the point that uh, he will work out with the Cardinals for a second straight day today on Tuesday. And then he's going to head down to AAA Memphis on a rehab assignment on Wednesday. So that's good. He was eligible to come off the 10-day IL uh, on Sunday, but his recovery from the contusion <laughs> has taken much longer than first expected. It hurts me to just talk about it. Uh, thumb back and growing injuries have limited him to just 90 games this season. But overall, Newbar's had a good year. And uh, I'm kind of 
going to eat my words on this one because I was somebody who was pretty skeptical about how good Lars Newbar might be. I know the analytics said he should be a good hitter. I had my doubts if he was going to be all that great. I suggested trading him while his stock was up this offseason to go get some pitching. That didn't happen, but Newbar has done his part. 283, 12 home runs, 39 RBIs, 835 OPS. Again, in only 90 games because of the injuries. Uh, has having a stellar second half where he's hitting 330 with seven bombs and 14 ribbies. 1.027 OPS in 30 games. So uh, it was unfortunate he got hurt when he got hurt, but hopefully he can come back and uh, finish out what's been a pretty good season for Lars Newbart. Ryan Helsley back with the Cardinals following a fifth rehab outing on Sunday, although he wasn't very good. He allowed three hits and two earned runs. The team is hopeful that he'll be reactivated by Wednesday. Uh, lingering pain in his forearm throughout this rehab process, which they can't seem to figure out why that's happening. But uh, it is said that he was relieved, and as he should be, by the recent MRI and ultrasound, which showed no damage to his flexor tendon or uh, the UCL in his elbow. Again, we don't know what's causing the pain. Hopefully they get that figured out because I mentioned before that the bullpen is something that's going to need a bunch of extra arms next year. And Helsley is a huge part of the guys that are coming back that you hope is an impactful piece and is your closer again for next year. Uh, a big piece of that puzzle that is supposed to be your bullpen next year. And if and if he's not available, that's just another massive hole that needs to be filled. And uh, it's going to make rebuilding this bullpen even that much more difficult. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Be sure to catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast for the series with the Padres with SiriusXM on the SXM app, just search Cardinals. Tonight, we get to see Zach Thompson pitch again. He's done very, very well. We hope that continues. He'll be on the hill uh, tonight against Seth Lugo, who's been really, really good. Just put it out there. I picked him up in my fantasy league because if the Cardinals are not going to hit, I want the guy who's throwing against him on my team as we push towards the fantasy baseball playoffs. So first pitch tonight, 645 St. Louis time. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they kill him, but it, it, it doesn't look like that's something that's going to happen. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Help our channel grow. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals. Have a good one.